0: We're going to be in the book of Matthew written by a man who left a really good job, a, uh, a very immoral job, but a well-paying job to follow Jesus. And before he was murdered for his faith, he wrote this book called The Gospel of Matthew. I wanted to start off light today because we've got to go heavy. We'll go light before we get heavy. When I was young, there was a family tradition, something my brother and I would do often. It was an enjoyable. It was I, I learned politics. I learned compromise. I learned bartering. This one activity made me a better salesman a better citizen in America and that was the weekly trip to Blockbuster because you can only rent one movie and there's multiple opinions have this wall of boxes to choose from and all you have are the pictures and maybe some words and everyone disagrees mama wants Mel Gibson And I want some indie film and my brother wants the new Freddy movie to watch. So what do we do? What do we do? And so we have to talk and compromise and come to conclusion. And in my young life, I assumed Blockbuster would always be there because it was so powerful. I remember when Netflix first came out and all the articles in Forbes and Vanity Fair said, How can Netflix fight the big, bad Blockbuster? But things changed, didn't it? And the seemingly invincible, unstoppable, late fee charge and blockbuster (laughs) is gone. The way we consume media has changed. We don't go to do that walk on the wall to find the one for $3.99 and bring it home. We don't do that no more. Things change. This week, I have received from many of my friends an article that came forward from the Gallup poll. Apparently, for the last 40 years, 50 years, Gallup has done a survey of American citizens seeing how many of us go to church. When they first started doing this poll, like in the late 60s, 78% of Americans went to church on a regular basis. And it would move as time went on, 78, 71, 70. But always a majority of people reporting always said, yeah, I go to church. I don't know if they all did. They might have just said they did. and went on Easter or Christmas. I don't know. But they self-reported, yeah, we go to church, man. We'll go out to the poll in 2021. We'll in 2020. And for the first time in American history, less than 50% of America goes to church. It's like 49% for the first time in American history, less of us identify as Christ followers than ever before in our history. And people begin talking saying is, will America be like Europe? A post Christian society is Christianity dying in America. I get a lot of people saying all these doom and gloom things. There was a pastor in California who said last week on Palm Sunday, he said, America's too far gone. She cannot be saved. That the first time these words have been spoken back during the enlightenment, a man named Voltaire was quoted as saying with my pen, I have destroyed Christianity from the earth. That was like in 1600. And guess what? He died and the, the church grew across the world. So he didn't do it. A couple of years later, a guy named Nietzsche came along and said, When I mean, God is dead, he's gone. Well, Nietzsche's gone too. He died. And the church continues to go forward. This morning, well, in the middle of the night, I received texts from across the globe. I got a text from India. All it said was, He is risen. Got a text from South Africa this morning different time zones. It was like like middle of the night. He's risen. If you go that direction, they're in the future. And Christians all across the world, in Europe, in Russia, in the Middle East, in Asia, China, are all doing what we're doing right now. They're stopping to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. So here's the question. Why does Christianity endure? Why do people keep on believing it? Will this be like Blockbuster and will it fall from the face of the planet? No. You go to Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Jesus died. All their hopes were on Christ, and he died. The disciples, the apostles, scatter. We we, next Peter. We find him like back at his old job, like fishing. Like, man, I done messed up Can I have my job back. He quit too early. I had to go back to the boss like, ah, I'm sorry. And these women are coming to the tomb and they come with spices to anoint his body. They're coming there, not with any hope to them. The story is over. There's this incredible scene in the movie Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks, where Forrest Gump runs across America back and forth and back and forth, and people begin following him on his great run. As he's running, there are like dozens of people following him, and Forrest Gump with his crazy big old beard stops running. And everyone stops and like, what's he gonna say? And he turns around, he says, I'm really tired. I think I'll go home now. And he and, and he walks away. All his followers are like, That's it? That's all you got for us? He, Forrest Gump failed them, and they feel like Jesus failed them as well. Jesus talked about life, life that was so powerful it couldn't die, and here he is, dead. It was a long Saturday. And they come with spices to anoint his body. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. As the women walk, the earth shakes. Now, I've never felt an earthquake before. I live in Michigan, my favorite state in the Union. Uh, I I mean, like a nine-year-old girl got a fight about this last night. Um, She told me Michigan was terrible. I said, man, Michigan's the best. No fires, no big, you know, big forest fires, no hurricanes, no earthquakes, no tarantulas. (laughs) Greatest state in the Union. I, I said to her, listen, she's like, the cold is so bad. I'm like, the cold keeps the spiders small. Don't you know this? You go south, they grow. And you just. (laughs) The world shakes. I heard it's a weird feeling when the ground under you begins to move. Because the ground is not supposed to move. And it shakes. Now I'm I'm assuming, I'm thinking this event was localized. It shook there around the tomb. This boulder was rolled back from this tomb. The earth shook. But even though earthquake was localized, what happened in that moment shook the entire world. On Resurrection Sunday, the world shook. Our calendar, it is 2021. If you go backwards, the event that defines time is the birth of Christ. B.C. before Christ, A.D. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. That event. And they cha- uh, um, academics have changed it to B.C.E. and C.E., the common era, but they still use the Christ's birthday as the dividing point. You're hiding it, but we know what it is. <laughs> we know what happened. He his, his life was so meaningful, it changed It defined time before and after. I've been reading this historian named Tom Holland, not Spider Man, a guy named Tom Holland. He wrote a book called Dominion. And in his book, he decided to show, he asked the question why did Christianity, why did the teachings of Christ change the world so strongly? and began this study and he was, he's not a Christian. Doesn't believe in Jesus. Doesn't worship and sing, doesn't bow his knees in prayer, doesn't bow his head in adoration, doesn't believe in God. There's this massive study of Rome and Greece and the Middle East and Jewish faith. Where does Christianity come from? Where is it born? Because most world religions are born from their culture. Like, you look at the Mormon faith, it was born in the Wild West, so it's very, like, Western. Like, I mean, you read their book, there's like, there's pretty much cowboys in there. Like, ah, I wonder where this came from. Not very original. The Muslim faith looks like the ancient Near East of Iran and Iraq. It looks like that culture, because religions are born from the ground. He went to Greece and Rome and said, Christianity is nothing like this culture. The teachings of Christ go against most of the values of the Greeks and the Romans. How did this survive? And Tom Holland says, this historian says, between like AD 30 and AD 50, something happens. We don't know what. But something happened, some event that is so powerful, it softens the soil and empowers normal people to become bold ambassadors. We don't know what happened, but something happens in that moment that shakes the world. And Tom Holland, he's not a Christian, can't admit something supernatural happened. But he looks back, and even as an unbeliever, he sees the ripples of change coming out of Rome in that moment. Something happened there that changes the world. In ancient Sparta, if a child was born and had a physical handicap, they'd take that baby to a mountain and they'd throw it off. And no one went, oh. the sanctity of human life is a Christian value that changed the world. It wasn't there before Christ came. His teaching, people were annoyed by it. But I want slaves. I want to kill people. Every life is sacred. Oh, they didn't, no one wanted that truth to be there. And Christ spoke it. On Resurrection Sunday, the world shook. So what happened? But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Tom Holland says, something happened there. I don't know what, but it shakes the whole world. And we say, Tom, I know what it is, man. Someone got back up. Some we all die. Death is part of living. This last week. In my small circle of existence, I think four people died this last week that I know. Friends of friends, family of friends, death happens. Numbers are up because of COVID. I know two guys in a church on the street who passed away this week. Here in the city of Flint, we had a very violent week in our city. I think there's five dead this week from shootings. One week, it made. It, 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 I think it was in the Times. Our city made the Times for our violence this week. Death happens, <laughs> and people sometimes when they die. They're celebrated. This week in Egypt, no joke. You want to go on YouTube and watch this? Like two nights ago in Egypt, they moved all these mummies from one museum to another museum in Egypt. So what they did was, you can't make this up. Um, they put they, they took these cars and made them into like floats, made them look like very Egyptian. And they, they took some people, and they, they took horses and made chariots and the, just Egyptian like Ben Hur stuff. And they, the horses led this procession, and these cars carrying mummified remains of like King Tut and King Ramses came down these main streets, and there were actors on the sides. Worshipping the kings of old with like rice and throwing, it was, it was it's crazy. So, people, great people have died and have been worshiped and have been remembered and adored. That happens. But as Christians, we don't just remember the cool teachings of some dead guy. For us, Resurrection Sunday is the day Jesus rose from the dead. And that event defines our life. That for us is the literally the question that changes everything, because if this guy beat death, then I have to pay attention to what he says. If he did, not then leave me alone. If Christianity is just a set of values or a country club where all my friends hang out, I don't need that stuff. I'll, I'll join a golf club, you know, but if someone beat death, when I say beat death, I don't mean on the table, paddles clear, bam, oh, I'm back. That's not what happened. This guy was dead, dead. In a tomb, wrapped in funeral cloths, dead. And we all know how the world works. When you're dead, you are dead. Dead means dead. I have a dog. He's not dead. <laughs> Some people are like, no! Uh, <laughs> I always say to people, I've never had a dog before. It's not true. I've had two dogs in my life. Well, I've had four. We had two dogs once in an apartment. We had them for a week, and the, the apartment guy came and said, you can't have dogs. She took them away. Broke our young hearts. Had a dog in Texas named it Mullins. I went away for a week, came back, someone stole our puppy. And I saw it down the street. The guy with no, It was a different dog. It was my dog. I just couldn't... To Texas. Um. Then I had a dog in India named Sona, and I love that dog. That dog one day had a, had, a, had a nightmare, and it was all like running and like whimpering in sleep, and I got on the floor next to him like, it's okay, buddy, I'm right here, I got you. But <laughs> well, one day, someone with the gate open, and that dog ran to the street, and a rickshaw hit that, I just heard, I just, I heard the yelp, Argh! I thought that better not be my dog. Things die and dead is dead, right? It's, it's heartbreaking. It's sad. It happens. Jesus died. everyone thought, well, he died. He, we thought he was awesome. Guess he's not. And they go to anoint him with spices and all that's there are his stinking burial racks and an angel which is something i never seen an angel before. If I saw an angel, like there's a great story in jo- uh, this guy named Joshua, this old guy, Old Testament guy. Joshua was a warrior. When he sees an angel, he draws a sword on it. And that's how I would react. If I saw an angel, I'd grab a chair. If I'm going, I'm going. And it would be like, Ernesto, it's cool. I love you. I'll go, okay. All right, let's sit down. Um, but uh, she's an angel and it says, He's not dead. Jesus is not dead. He lives. And that, for us, is why we call this Resurrection Sunday. We do not work. Listen, for us, faith is not superstition. I don't love an idea. I don't love a tradition. I don't love a building. We love a person who still talks, who still leads, who still loves. The resurrection makes this whole thing either true or not true. Resurrection Sunday for us is the day Christ returns from the dead. And this is what the angel says Go quickly. Tell his disciples he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. I love that. With fear and great joy. Part of them is like, he's alive. Part of them like, what the crap's happening? Right? That's, a, that's an honest reaction. Like, this is awesome, but I don't know what's happening. They ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, they worshipped him, which is the correct response. You got up, you defeated death. I fall at your feet, I worship you. And Jesus said to them, "Don't be afraid. Go tell the brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me." What's crazy is these ladies go tell their disciples, and the disciples, the apostles, the Peter, the John, the James, none of them believe. And all these women are crazy ladies, these crazy ladies, Talking, t- telling stories. And most of, them st- st- most of them do nothing, but Peter and John, they run back to the tomb. And it's funny, John, uh, John who wrote one of these books, John includes the detail that Peter and John raced and John got there first, which is really a, a petty thing to do. Like, it just, you know, I am faster. Like, I won that race because I'm the best. Uh, but... They run back and it's empty. And these normal people. These are not academians. They're not the best speakers in the world. They're fishermen. They're mothers. They're women who have been shaming their culture. And these normal people start telling the world He ain't dead. Everything he said is true. The resurrection of Jesus is what we share with the world. They didn't necessarily do it well, they weren't the best speakers, but they shared he is not dead, he is risen. And when they're threatened with death, they don't back down. Why? Because it's true. And when something's true, you don't leave it just because it's inconvenient. You stand. These followers of Christ, 10 of the 11 of them, get wiped out, killed by Rome, and they don't flinch. And so the message goes forward out of Israel, out of Jerusalem, it goes to India. I've been to Kerala where the apostle Thomas is buried because Thomas went to India and died there. They say John Mark, one of Paul's buddies made it all the way down to Ethiopia. It, 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 Paul goes to Rome and to Spain and then it crosses the ocean to the Americas. I was, uh, I come from the Baptist tradition and I went to this museum learning about like how, where the gospel, how it moved to America. And the guy was given the tour to the museum and got to a spot called the second great awakening. And he said, this is where the Baptists are born and they are a truly American expression of Jesus. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like I'm a truly American expression of the, of, of faith. Uh, but uh, it just goes to all the, it, it was a great, it was a great tour, but people have been telling people throughout history. And someone told someone who told someone who told someone who told me, I've told some people and they're telling people and the church might be at 49% of America. I tell you why I know the church is not going to die because the church is not going to grow because of our awesome billboards, our cool marketing, our awesome sermons. You know who builds his church? Jesus builds his church. And if he's still alive, then he's still building now we may be the minority in culture that's all right might be good for us a little persecution might be good for us because a lot of us we think we felt it we ain't felt it happy holidays not persecution in case you don't know that he didn't say merry christmas i'm offended that's not persecution I discipled a young man once in India who went to a village to tell him about Jesus and him and his buddy were put in an outhouse and it was covered with kerosene and it would be burned alive. That is persecution. Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday, the world shook. It shook because a dead man got up. Death was defeated. I've told the story a few times, but I'll tell it again. When I had the coronavirus and I thought I was going to die, and I was laying there with an, I, I had a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old girl, an 8, 10-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy, a young church. Part of me was like, I, I can't die now. There's so much left to do. But on that couch, as my lungs ceased like, Began to fail me. I remember praying, Lord, I don't want to die, but it's my time. I trust you, and I'm ready to come home. And the reason I wasn't afraid of that great sleep, because if Jesus beat death and I'm in Him, He'll beat my death too. So we do not have to fear, not sickness or persecution or hardship because we are in Christ, and he is in us, and he wins. Now, we are going to take communion together. If you don't have a communion cup, I believe one of our people is going to have them and walk around. Is that right? Someone's going to do that because someone's awesome? Thank you, Miss Lori. <laughs> Does anyone need a communion cup? If you do, go ahead and raise that hand up, and we'll bring one to you. And if you could, Miss Laurie, I need one too, (laughs) Uh, I need one too. So thanks, brother. This cup is an all-in-one thing. It's crazy. There's, There's hands, they're bringing them around right now, they're bringing them around. What is communion? Well, today, Resurrection Sunday. But on Thursday night, Christ had his final meal, the last supper. And Jesus used this final meal to share a very important truth. He took the bread and broke it and said, take this and eat. And as often as you do this, do it in memory of me. He took some wine and drank it and said, as often as you drink this wine, Do it to remember the blood of the new covenant and do it in memory of me. And for 2000 years, the Christian church has been breaking the bread and drinking the wine. And we do so for two reasons. First, we remember Jesus body was broken for us and Jesus blood was spilled for us. But we do it for another reason. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. I was telling my daughter the other day, it was an awful conversation. When every parent must have with their kids, I told my daughter and my son the things. If anyone, ever, if anyone ever touches you in a bad way, you tell us. That conversation, you know those terrible conversations you have with your children? And even if they threaten you, try to scare you, you still tell us. I, 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 I said, if they say they'll kill me if you tell me, don't believe them. She's like, you're stronger than them, Dad. I'm like, that's right. Uncle Tony is. One of us is. (laughs) But I told her this sad, my my son didn't get it. My daughter got it, though. And she just, we're quiet for a second. My daughter goes, Dad? I'm like, yeah. She goes, in Revelation, Jesus comes back and burns down all the evil. I'm like, yeah? She's like, I look forward to that. Ten-year-old girl says that! And he will. He will come down, and he'll deal with all the bad. And there's a lot of it. So, so open the top thing to get to the bread. It's kind of weird, I know. At home, you have some kind of cracker thing. On the night, Christ was betrayed. He took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which was broken for you. Let us take it. The same way he took the cup and said, This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for your sins. Let us take. I'll ask the band to please come forward at this time. Let us pray together, church. Jesus, thank you for dying that we may live. Thank you for taking our sin upon yourself, that we may exist in your righteousness. Thank you for defeating death, and in doing so, you give us hope. Help us to hold on to that hope, whatever it is we're facing, whatever thing has died, everything is dying, Lord, help us to remember that in you all things shall be made new. We love you, Lord. In Christ's name, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a final song. It's a new song. It's one many of us do not know, and it's a very different kind of song, so let me give you some instructions on how to sing it. This song is a is an old school kind of format. It's a call and response. So Ricky here will sing out a question and we as the people of God will sing the response. Every single slide, you'll see a question and the answer. We sing the answer. We affirm the truth. And then we all sing the chorus together. Okay. We got this question, answer, and then we all sing the great chorus of how great our Savior Jesus truly is. If you'd be so kind, let us stand together. Let's answer the question.
1: Do you feel the world is broken? We do. And do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. conquered the grave he is david's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave from every people and tribe, every nation in he has made us a kingdom and priest with god to reign with the sun
0: Let's pray together, church. We long for the new heaven and new earth. We long for all the wrongs to be made wrong, all the wrongs to be made right. We long to see death die. But until that day, Help us be light and salt in this world. Help us to bring hope and to bring love when we are treated poorly. Let us answer, not with evil, but with good. Help us to be the ones that stop the cycle of violence, the cycle of insanity. Help us to have the words that you gave us, the words of eternal life. We pray now for all the families that are mourning from the violence of this last week. We pray for those who are mourning from those who have died in our city this last week. For those here in this room right now who are experiencing different kinds of death. Loss relationships. Loss of employment. Loss of peace. We pray for them. Help us to hold on to hope that, Lord, you will make all things new. This is our prayer. This is our hope. This is where we stand. And all God's people said. Amen. He is risen, church. He is risen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful direction Sunday, everybody.